Good evening. Tonight we're going to continue our study through the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. There are nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit that are listed in Galatians chapter 5. And tonight we are looking at the one that is right in the middle. So we are looking tonight at kindness. I'm not sure if there's any significance to the fact that it is place-centered, but it is definitely an important one in terms of what we are supposed to look like and how we are supposed to bear fruit as Christians. Now, if you remember back to, to week one, as we walked through an introduction to this series, we talked about how the fruit of the Spirit isn't nine different fruit that we must try to collect and try to display in our lives. But we said that the fruit of the Spirit ultimately reflects a singular fruit, and that when you bear the fruit of the Spirit, all of these things will be true of you. This is not an opportunity for us to pick and choose how we want to act and how we want to do, but all nine things that are present, we are responsible for. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. And we don't get a pass on any of these things that are listed in Galatians chapter 5. The truth is that if there is something that is missing in our lives from this, then we are not properly walking with the Spirit. And that we, if we are missing something in this life, if this is not becoming true of who we are, then there is something that is wrong. We are not walking with the Lord as closely as we ought to at the end of the day. Now, the hard thing here is that none of us will ever perfectly get it right. And it's only a testament that we all can walk closer to the Lord. And the Lord is calling each one of us closer. And so as we look tonight, remember we've talked how this is not a checklist. We're not trying to accomplish the nine things that make us a good Christian. Rather, we are looking at this and holding up a mirror, and we're asking ourselves, are we living a life that is filled with the Spirit? And the way we know that is that we walk according to the Spirit, and we bear the fruit of the Spirit. Our flesh, our sinful nature, the Bible says, is at constant war with our spirit and does not want us to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Our flesh wants to produce the fruit of its flesh. But we are told we must deny our flesh and live according to the Spirit. And when we walk according to the Spirit, the Bible says that the flesh will be taken care of. It will be defeated. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, when you walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. And so as we face things in our lives that we're struggling with and we, wanna, we don't want to do this, we want to stop this, and we just don't know how to do it. The answer is not to fight the flesh, but to walk with the Spirit. Because when you walk with the Spirit, the Bible says that your flesh will be drowned out and you will not desire carry out the desires of the flesh. So like we said all semester, our life is producing fruit. That isn't a choice that you have. You don't get to choose whether or not you bear fruit. You will bear fruit in your life. The question is, what type of fruit are you producing? Now, here's a verse I've read almost every week. I want you to really pay attention to this and act like it and listen to it like it's the first time you've heard it. Either make the tree good. These are the words of Jesus. Either make the tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make the tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. And what Jesus is saying there is that it's not just that this is a good tree and it happens to have bad fruit on it. No, if you make the tree good, its fruit will be good. See, if you have an apple tree and the 
the apples are not producing. It's not the fruit's fault. It's the tree's fault. There's something wrong with the tree. And what Jesus is saying here is that if you get the tree good, the fruit will be good. In the same way, when we walk by the Spirit, the fruit will be good. When we walk by our flesh, the fruit will be bad. And if tonight, if you're walking by the Spirit, we're going to look at a life that would be marked by kindness. Listen to these words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. He says, Let all bitterness, let all anger, let all wrath, shouting and slander, let all of that be removed from you, along also with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. As we look at this verse tonight and as we study what God's word said, I want to remind you that in your own flesh, you do not have the ability. In your own strength, you do not have the ability to produce the fruit of kindness. Some of you more than others really don't have what it takes to produce kindness. And I would be involved in, included in that group as well. But when we walk with the Lord, he will produce kindness in us and through us. Why? Because God is perfect kindness. See, if you look at any of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, God is a perfect representation of each one of those things. And as you look at the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, at every moment, Jesus was a perfect reflection of all of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. So what is kindness? You know, a lot of people think that kindness just means that you're just going to be nice and you're going to you're just going to be complimenting people and telling people things that make them feel good about themselves. But in reality, that's, that's not what kindness is. Sometimes it can actually be the opposite of kindness. Telling somebody a lie because it's what they want to hear is not the kind thing to do. At the same time, just laying into somebody and telling them the truth but doing it in a way that gives them no grace and no honor also is not the kind thing to do. The word for kindness really can be translated in multiple ways. We translate as kindness or as benevolence, honesty, favorable, useful, good quality. And what this word means is that you are doing what is of good for this person. You are looking out for this other person. You are attempting to seek their best and doing it in a way that gives them honor and gives them grace. We're not just talking about giving compliments when we talk about kindness. We're talking about looking out for the best in others. A great example in you may not think of this story in Scripture when you talk about kindness, but I think it is a perfect representation of what we're talking about tonight. You know the story of King David. And King David, in his ministry towards our, in his, in his rulership of Israel, started getting a little lazy and started to do things his own way. And the Bible says that in the time of the year where the kings go out to war, King David stayed at home. And he was supposed to be off and doing fighting with his men and fighting the battles that God had laid before him, but he decided to be comfortable and to stay at home. As a result, he ends up seeing a woman and, and calling for her, committing adultery with her, ends up getting her pregnant, tries to cover it over, uh, but the husband of this woman was too honorable to, to leave the battle and to, to go spend time with his wife, and so King David ends up killing this guy, having him killed. And so this is something, a situation that is a very dark time for the, the nation of Israel and the people of Israel. And David thinks that he had it taken care of. In this moment, David takes care of the problem and, and he, he's going against the Lord. He's done a very wicked thing against the people of Israel. He's done a very wicked thing against God. And he thought that he had gotten away with it. 
But I want you to read what happens next. So the Lord sent Nathan to David. Now, Nathan was a prophet. He was a friend of David. But he was a prophet of God, a man of God, who God spoke to, and he spoke to the people on behalf of God. The Lord sent Nathan to David. When he arrived, he said this to him. There were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very large flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one small ewe lamb that he had bought. He raised her and she grew up with him and with his children and from the meager food that she would eat and from his cup she would drink and in his arms she would sleep. She was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man could not bring himself to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for his guest. David was infuriated with the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man that did this deserves to die. Because he has done the thing and shown no pity. He must pay four lambs for that lamb. Nathan replied to David, You are the man. We later see in a few verses later, David responded to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Then Nathan replied to David, and the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. Now David faced, if you know the story of David, he faced great consequence as a result of his sin. And there were many things that happened, including the death of his son, and and a lot of uh, things that really did not go David's way as a result. But you know what would not have been very kind of Nathan? to ignore David's sin and to just walk away like nothing had happened. You see, as we look at this situation, most people would not look at this as an example of kindness, but I will tell you that this is a perfect example of kindness because Nathan could have walked away. Nathan could have just looked the other way, but he heard a word from the Lord and he went and spoke it to David. See, Nathan loved David. He cared about David. So Nathan, as an act of mercy and as an act of kindness, confronted David. So how are we to act with one another? When it comes to kindness, how are we meant to react and interact with one another? Looking at Ephesians 4.31, I believe there's two things that the Bible is teaching us to do. The first thing that we have to do is to avoid hostility. To avoid hostility. He says in verse 31, let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you, along with all malice. As Christians, there is no room in our lives for bitterness, for anger, for wrath, for malice, for gossip, for slander. All of those things have no place in our lives. And if those things are in your heart, I can guarantee you that kindness does not follow. All of those things acting hostile towards one another is the opposite of the kindness that we are, act, that we are commanded to produce. And ultimately, I'm not just saying that if you do these things that you can be kind, but at the end of the day, these are the things in our life that prevent the Holy Spirit from producing the fruit of kindness in our lives. It is the fruit of the flesh to be angry and to be bitter and to be uh, gossip about one another. Anytime that you rejoice in somebody else's failure, anytime that you are jealous for their success, and wish it had been you instead, wish that you had done better than them, wish that they had not done as well, you are being hostile towards one another. And that is not the way to walk by the Spirit. The reality is it's hard. It's easy to 
to say that and to read that and say, yeah, I agree, none of that stuff should be in our lives. But in reality, jealousy comes so easily. When we see other people doing well, it's so easy to wish that it had been us. And that results in bitterness, anger, and slander towards one another. But Jesus said it is what our love for one another that is meant to be the distinguishing mark of who we are as followers of Jesus. He didn't say it was how smart you are, how much of the Bible you know, how many verses you have memorized, or how often you came to church. Jesus said to his disciples in John 13, that I give you a new command, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We are not called to be bitter, to be angry, and to be hostile with one another. In fact, we have been given a very specific command not to do that. What kind of fruit are you producing in your life? Does it look like bitterness? When you examine the fruit of your life, does it look like angry anger? Do you gossip? Do you slander other believers? That is all fruit of the flesh. And if those are the things that in your life you need to reject and to avoid hostility, you need to turn to the Lord and embrace what he has called you to do. You need to walk with him and allow him to produce the fruit of kindness in your life. You need to stop feeding the flesh and start spending time with the Lord. As believers, we must avoid hostility with one another at all costs. No matter what you think, no matter what you feel, you can know that people are not your problem. There is no person that is truly your enemy. Just the next chapter after the fruit of the Spirit, Paul would write to the Ephesian church that we are to be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength to put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. What's Paul saying there is that people are not your problem. It is the enemy, Satan himself, that is your problem and his demons. It is the spiritual world, the evil in the spiritual world that is attacking us. Now, it manifests itself sometimes through people and through situations in this life, absolutely. But that is not the root of your problem, and that's what we need, not what we need to fight against. We do not need to fight against people. We do not need bitterness against people, hostility, malice, anger, rage, wrath. All those things must not be part of our lives. The enemy wants to deceive each and every one of us and make you think that your problem is a person. But that is not true. He says to let all bitterness, anger, and wrath Shouting and slander be removed from you, along with all malice. If you, the life, the, the fruit that you're producing, the life that you're living, if it looks like those things, you are not walking according to the Spirit. If those things are in your life, you are feeding the flesh. And what the Bible says you need to do is walk by the Spirit and therefore not fulfill and give desire of the flesh. So we need to avoid hostility, but we need to embrace Kindness. Embrace kindness. The Bible goes on to say in verse 32, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. As we put away hostility, as we embrace kindness, we are to be kind and compassionate to one another. We are to look upon each other with mercy and love, 
We are to offer forgiveness to one another. Why? Because that, according to this, is exactly what God has done for each one of us. We love, the Bible says, because he first loved us. And we forgive one another. We are kind, we are compassionate to one another because God has been kind to us. Because God has been compassionate to us. See, when we are kind to one another, when we produce the fruit of kindness in our lives, we start to look more like Jesus. And here's the scary thing about this, is that the Bible teaches that the same way that we're kind to one another, the same way we judge one another, the same way that we forgive one another, that is the standard that God holds us to. If you know the Lord's Prayer, he says in there, and forgive us our debts as, as in the same way. So forgive us our debts, our sins, in the same way that we have forgiven those who have debts against us. Think about that. Is anybody here really, truly bold enough to pray that prayer and want God to do that? Do you want God to forgive your sins in the same way that you have forgiven those who have wronged you? That's exactly what Jesus told us to do. And and the only part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave a commentary on was that. And he goes on to say that if you forgive others for their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. So as we're kind and as we're compassionate to one another, The Bible says that we are to do it because God has done it for us. We are to avoid hostility at all costs and to forsake it. And we are to embrace kindness. We need to build each other up and carry one another's burdens. We need to help each other when we see a blind spot in each other's lives. There are kind and compassionate ways to help people. And then there are hostile ways of helping people. And a lot of people think that, Oh, I'm going to be kind because I'm just going to be nice to this person. Like we said, that's not kindness to not tell them the truth and to allow them to hurt themselves. In the same way, if you see a problem in somebody's life and you go and confront them with hostility, that's not kindness either. You are to look out for one another, bear each other's burdens, and watch out for one another. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. So as we are seeking to be kind, those are things we have to do. Once again, let's look back at the story of David and Nathan. Was that confrontation compassionate and kind? I'd say it absolutely was. You see, David had just committed adultery and then committed murder to hide it. And then the Lord tells Nathan to go in, and Nathan knows this and knows that David literally just killed a guy. And there's nothing that would stop David from killing Nathan from confronting it, because David wanted to hide this sin and to cover it over. David had committed adultery, he had committed murder, and now Nathan was going to go call him out, knowing that he might be walking into his own death as a result. But Nathan loved David too much to allow that fear to stop him. Nathan loved David too much to let him continue down that road. He had compassion for David, and there was a kindness that that motivated him to go and to speak to David. When we display kindness, we are putting the Lord on display in our lives. And that really can be said of any of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. When we love, truly love, and bear the, produce the fruit of love in our lives, we are displaying the love of God to the world around us. When we have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, we are displaying to the world and everybody around us who the Lord is. See, we don't produce the fruit for ourselves or just to make ourselves look good. We produce the fruit to point to the bearer of the fruit, the one who creates the fruit. And when we produce good fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, we are rooting ourselves in the good 
source in Jesus. So why is this so important for us to consider? Why is kindness so important? Why is it important for us to display the fruit of the Spirit? Because each one of us was created in the image of God. And when you look at the fruit of the Spirit, that is a wonderful representation and picture of who the Lord is. And that is ultimately who you were created to be. The Bible says in Genesis 1:27, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. See, you were made to look like God. Now, we don't know what God looks like physically, but in terms of our spirit and the characteristics of what we're supposed to look like, we are meant to be images to this world of the Lord. There are so many beautiful things in this world that God created. If you look at the the oceans and the mountains and the trees and all these things and all the animals and the birds, and God created so many beautiful things, but he did not put his image in any of those things. He looked at us as he created us, and we were the crowning jewel of his creation. The Bible says that he was proud of humanity, and he put his image into each and every one of us. So as we produce the fruit of the Spirit, what we're doing is we're showing the image of God to the world around us. I got a great picture of this this last week. My kids and wife and I went to Gulf Shores last Thursday we left, and we had a great week at the, at the ocean, and they wanted to be buried repeatedly. And so this was one of the times that they were buried in the sand. And so as we spent the week there, we had a great time just getting to, to disconnect. And one night I was going to the, to the grocery store to get some bread or something for, for dinner, uh, for some sandwiches we were going to have in the hotel room. And my second son, Augie, he's the one uh, second from the left there, he asked if he could come with me. And I was grateful for the opportunity just to spend some one-on-one time with Augie. And you see, Augie is my son. And the Bible says that when people have children, that those children are made in their likeness. You see, the Bible says in Genesis 5-3, Adam, when he was 130 years old, he fathered a son in his likeness according to his image. And he named him Seth. See, when God created us, he put his image in us. In the same way, when we have children, our image is placed in those, in those children. And I got a great picture of this this week. So Augie went with me to the store. And I was told, I'm told that when I was a child that I asked a lot of questions and I talked all the time. And so the store was about seven, eight minutes away from the hotel, and the entire way we were going to the, to the store, just question after question after question after question, and they never stopped. And so we finally get to the store, and I open the door, and I'm telling Augie, all right, come on, get out of the car. It's time to go inside. And he's just asking questions. He's not moving. He's just asking questions, questions. And after a few minutes, he's like, why do you want me to get out here? I said, because we're at the store. We need to go in and get the, get the food. He said, oh, we're at the store? I thought you were just stopping to listen to my questions. <laughs> And then I, I said, Augie, you are really good at asking questions. He goes, it's so easy for me. Whenever I finish the questions, I just blink and there's more questions in my head. And so when you look at me as a child, my mom told a sto- tells a story sometimes about how her mom and her uh, stepfather had taken me on an outing one time. And when I came back, she said she literally saw birds flying around their head. And they said he never stopped asking questions. See, in my image, I created 
a son. I didn't create a son, but I have a son that is in my image. Now, he physically looks like me, and this is him when we got done. He was very proud of our groceries and the Oreos and the Cheetos he also got me to get that were not on the list. (laughs) But Augie is a son that was born in my image. Now, he has the image of God on him in the exact same way that I do, in the same way that you do. But he also has my image in him. He looks like me, he acts like me at times, and he does things that remind people of me. So looking back, everything about who you are, you need to understand is a picture of who God is. You were created in his image. You look like God. Now here's the thing. When sin entered the world, it distorted and it broke that image of God in our lives. It it didn't remove it, but it just doesn't look the same as it once did. Imagine looking into a mirror that's been warped and cracked and broken. If you look at it, you can still see the reflection of what's there. It just doesn't look quite like it was supposed to look. It's distorted. In the same way, when sin entered the world, the image of God was distorted in our lives. But everything about us is something about who he is. When we love We love because he loves. Now, his love is perfect in in every way, and our love is sometimes not so perfect. We get angry in this life, but you know why? Because God gets angry. Now, God gets angry at sin, and it's a righteous anger. Our Our anger, not so much. It's not usually very righteous. See, we get jealous in this life. I believe it's the exact picture of who God is. The Bible says that God gets jealous for you. Now, God is jealous for his glory, and God wants you to only worship him, and he does not want to share you with anybody else in terms of idols of this world. So God has a jealousy in it. He is jealous for his own glory. He does not want to share it with anybody, and we can't share it with anybody. Now, we get jealous, but we get jealous for things that aren't quite as noble and righteous. But when we walk with the Spirit, when we produce the fruit of the Spirit walking with the Spirit, that image is being restored. So as we exhibit kindness, as we avoid hostility and seek kindness with one another, the image of God is being restored in our lives. The Bible says that each and every day that we're followers of Jesus, that the Bible says that don't lose heart, though your outer body is wasting away, day by day your inner self is being renewed. Your spirit is being renewed every single day that you walk with Jesus. And that shows itself in the production of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Day by day, the Lord is working and remaking us. He's rebuilding that image. He's fixing it so that when we love, we love according to the love of the Spirit. We have joy in our lives. We have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Until one day when we are with him and we are made complete. Audrey sang a song for us right just a few moments ago. Touch through me, Holy Spirit. Flow through me, love through me. Live through me. When we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, when we produce the fruit of kindness, it is through us that the Lord is kind to those around us. The Lord is the one that loves through us, that produces joy through us, that has patience through us. Joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of these things is the Lord working through us. So let's end by looking really one more time at kindness. When we are kind, how does that reflect God's image? So as each of these things, we're we're only able to love because God loved us. When we are patient, we're patient because we're following the Lord's example. But when we are kind, how does that reflect the image of God? 
I want to read this passage, and it's not going to be on the screen, but it's in Romans 2, verses 1 through 4. And Paul wrote this to the Roman church. He said, therefore, every one of you who judges is without excuse. He's getting on to them here. You're without excuse when you judge. You're not doing right. For when you judge another, you condemn yourself since you, the judge, do the same things. He's saying that you're, you're judging people in this life and you're going after them, but you're doing the same things. You're a hypocrite. You're self-righteous. You're not supposed to go after them because by judging them, you're going to bring judgment upon yourself. Verse 2, now we know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on the truth. Now, when God judges people, it's based on the truth. It is a righteous judgment. But when we're judging people, we're clouded, and, and we often have that ulterior motive. We have that bitterness. We have anger. All these things, the hostility towards one another. Verse 3, do you think any of you who judges those who do such things yet do the same, that you will escape God's judgment? In verse 4, or do you despise the riches of his kindness? Do you despise the riches of his kindness, his restraint, and his patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? What is the purpose of kindness? The Bible says here it's intended to point people to the Lord. Just like we saw with David and Nathan, it was the Lord's kindness that allowed David to repent and turn back to the Lord. If any one of us were under the full weight of our sin, it would crush us. It is the kindness of God in our lives that allows us room and opportunity to repent. Now God, he says here, God is not blind to the situation. He's patient. He's kind towards us. And when we take this into our own hands, we are short-circuiting the judgment of God. See, when we jump to judgment and hostility, we think that we know better than the Lord. Do you not see what they're doing, Lord? Do you not see how it is wrong and how they ought to be treated? Even though we do this, this exact same thing. God is saying, I see exactly what they're doing. But do you despise the riches of his kindness, his restraint, and his patience? Not recognizing that it is God's kindness that is intended to lead us to repentance. The Lord says that it is the kindness of God that gives us room to turn to him. And when we are kind, that is exactly what we are doing to one another. We are pointing people back to the Lord, and we are pointing people towards repentance. See, God has every right to judge every single one of us in this room right now, apart from the, the blood of Jesus Christ that has cleansed us and has made us perfect in his image as a result, perfect in his sight as a result of that. But as a result of our own sin, we have every right to be crushed and condemned for eternity. But it is the kindness of God that led us to repentance and leads us to repentance. In the same way, it was the kindness of God demonstrated through Nathan that led David to repentance. The question is, what kindness is there kindness in your life that is being produced? that is leading those around you to repentance? Are you speaking the, the truth in love to those around you and pointing people to the kindness of the Lord who gives us second, third, fourth, fifth chances? So how can we bear the true fruit of kindness in our lives? Jesus said it. We've read it pretty much every week. John 15, 4 and 5. It really is this simple. If you want to bear the fruit of of kindness. If you want to bear the, any of these fruit, if you want, but tonight, if you want to bear the fruit of kindness, 
This is what Jesus says. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Putting tonight's word in there, Jesus would say, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces kindness because you cannot produce it without Jesus. So if you want to produce the fruit of kindness in your life, if you want to avoid hostility, reject it, and to embrace kindness and to model the kindness of the Lord in your life, spend time with the Lord, walk with him, and he will produce the fruit of kindness in your life. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your kindness that has led us to repentance. I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody in this room tonight that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, that they have never repented of their sin, Lord, that you would draw them in with your kindness and that your love for them would be so evident to them tonight. God, that you would help them know how to repent of their sin, believe in you, and receive you into your life, their lives. Lord, I pray that nobody would leave here today not knowing you. We thank you for your kindness, the abundant riches of your patience and kindness with us. And Lord, I pray that as we abide in you, as we walk by the Spirit, that you would produce that kindness in our lives. And Lord, I pray that as we do sometimes produce that fruit of the flesh of anger and bitterness and wrath and malice and slander, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would not allow us to walk in that way. Lord, that you would convict us when we do it, Lord, that before it even comes out of our mouth, that you would draw it to our attention. And Lord, we would repent of that and walk closer, more closely with you as a result. We thank you that you are making us more and more into your image, Lord, that you're restoring the image of yourself in each one of us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we study your word, as we walk with you, that kindness would be produced in our lives and that we would be a good image, a good reflection of you in your kindness. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.